0: Last week, Green and Growing launched Starter Packs, and if you've been like, what are Starter Packs, what are in them, you're in the right place. Starter Packs are a curated group of sessions from past Germinates in a specific topic that we know from the ag teacher community are questions and topics that you might have really specific questions to, We have launched the Intro to Ag Starter Pack. And if you wanted to know, get a little peek inside that starter pack, let me tell you what you're going to see in there. We have grocery store labs, which you can use in any classroom, but it's great for Intro to Ag. Electricity without the shop. Intro to Ag, got to teach electricity. You don't have a shop, no worries. Or you do have a shop, you could use these strategies to get Intro into the shop. What about Ag science? biotechnology. We have a session about that. Hydroponics. Maybe you don't have a greenhouse, don't have enough space, or you want to try something new to zhuzh up your greenhouse. Hydroponics is for you. And, you know, we believe in the future of agriculture, but we also believe in eating in the classroom. And creed chefs. Creed chefs is an awesome activity for you to teach your kids about the creed, but also get a little a little creative when it comes to tying it in with being a chef. And last but not least, managing students is one of those things we all do as as teachers in the classroom and also in FFA. So be looking for one of the most talked about sessions from Germinate Past called Battle Boards about how to manage projects and get kids to get the work done. If that interests you, head on over to the Green and Growing website and grab your Intro to Ag start, Starter Pack today.
1: Thank you for joining my session from Chirp to Charity, Integrating Service Learning in the Classroom. Uh, my name is Derek McCracken. I am a 2013 graduate of The Ohio State University, and I'm in my eighth year of teaching uh, at Halston High School uh, in Ohio. Um, a little bit about Halston uh, uh, it is a very rural community, a very small school. We probably only have 70 students per grade level. Um, but even though it is extremely rural, uh, we don't have a lot of students within production agriculture. And so uh, this is extremely important for me uh, as an agriculture education teacher uh, to be able to connect connect them to agriculture uh, and to connect them where their food comes from. Um, I also am a co host for uh, Two Ohio Owls podcast um, as a pathway chair for the agribusiness pathway within Ohio and uh, the Ohio Association of Agriculture Educators. Um, One of my jobs is to provide professional development for uh, those within our pathway, Uh, and so when quarantine happened uh, last spring, uh, my other pathway chair and I kind of came up with the idea to uh, create a podcast uh, that solely focused on uh, helping agriculture educators uh, in finding kind of areas within agriculture that they want to become uh, more skilled in. And so we'll have a guest on uh, each week that will talk about uh, a different lesson within their program uh, or an FFA activity or a different area of agriculture that uh, those guests are extremely passionate in. And so it has been uh, something that I have found uh, to be very helpful uh, within my my career within agriculture education as well. Um, This whole session is going to be on service learning uh, today, uh, and kind of really why I am passionate about it. Um, I don't know about about, uh, a lot of you guys, but uh, at least in my current role, uh, I don't feel like I ever have enough time to get it all done. Whether or not it's SAEs, national chapter, proficiencies, agri-science fair, uh, being a teacher and grading and lesson planning and and all the other things that come with our job, uh, there's just not enough time. And so integrating service learning uh, within uh, my POA and within my Allows me to kind of hit two birds with one stone uh, and provide community service and great programming within our FFA chapter while uh, supplementing uh, the learning that we're doing within the classroom in our different uh, courses that I teach. Uh, I also find that the service learning improves uh, engagement within our students, Uh, especially when uh, you kind of cover some of the topics that maybe not be quite as hands-on. The students, when there is an emotional attachment uh, to that curriculum, uh, they find, uh, or at least I find they're a lot more engaged. Uh, the last part uh, of why I really love service learning is it allows our students to give back to our community. Now, Halston is not uh, a very high socioeconomic economic uh, status within uh, within the the actual district. And so a lot of our students uh, want to be able to help their classmates uh, and those families within our community. And so uh, this really allows them to learn empathy and learn how to uh, support their their neighbors uh, and their classmates. This really came up with chickens for charity. This is the service learning project that I'll be talking about today and one that I've been doing for five years within my students. Um, It is something I came up with in 2015. uh, And it integrates uh, you know service learning within animal nutrition. And so we do a, a feed trial. Uh, for four weeks uh, with broilers uh, and students are able to actually physically see uh, how protein levels affect growth within uh, those chickens. Uh, They'll keep track of their weights uh, as well as how much feed they're feeding them, uh, determine rate of gain and feed efficiency. Uh, Then at the end of the project, uh, the chickens are processed and donated to the Alpha Center where our students will do different programming uh, that I'll talk about later on. Um, This is, uh, uh, like I said, a, a service learning project that I'm really passionate about um, and something that we've had success uh, in integrating it into our POA. Uh, We were uh, a Models of Excellence chapter with uh, this activity uh, in 2016 at the national level. Uh, And for the past five years, uh, we've been a top 10 chapter in Ohio uh, based on service learning projects like Chickens for Charity that we integrate. Uh, And it's actually one that we were ranked the number one chapter in Ohio uh, for building communities for. So it is something that works uh, and it's something that you can easily integrate uh, into your classroom and in your POA uh, for something like the National Chapter Award. A little bit about Chickens for Charity. Uh, I do it within my animal and plant science class. And so it fits pretty seamlessly into animal nutrition. Uh, when we're talking about uh, different uh, feedstuffs, we'll, we'll talk about Pearson Square. We'll talk about uh, deficiencies and what happens if those animals do not get uh, the proper nutrition that they need. Uh, and so again, uh, nutrition is not the most exciting thing in the world. Sorry if you are uh, an individual that loves nutrition, uh, but for me, that was never something that would was the most most exciting uh, and so it was hard to make it hands on uh, and this chickens for charity uh, service learning project allows them to actually physically see uh, this you know chicken was fed uh, a very low protein and this one was fed a very high protein uh, and I can see that difference or those that spectrum uh, I do it within my two animal science classes uh, and so each uh, of those uh, 40 students will be put into groups of four to five uh, that are in charge of one variable and so I'll have actually 40 uh, Cornish Rock broilers that I'll order for this project uh, and I'll actually keep them in the shop uh, and within our program uh, so that those students can feed them, uh, be uh, engaged within agriculture and production agriculture and uh, engaged within the classroom. Uh, some of the materials that you'll need. Uh, and I actually did a semester long uh, learning uh, or living to serve grant uh, for the from National FFA uh, for this project back in 2015. And it was able to cover uh, those costs. And so uh, I actually purchased nine stackable rabbit cages uh, on wheels. Um, I found that uh, having them um, you know, purchasing nice rabbit cages or nice ones that I could separate those different variables. Um, Like I said, there's nine different variables that I use uh, within my project. Uh, And so it allowed me to keep those chickens separated so that they could actually um, make sure that their, their data was valid. Uh, I also get nine waters and nine feeders uh, that go into each one of those, uh, as well as nine heat lamps. I actually keep mine on the back loading dock. uh, And so it's a uh, overhang uh, that kind of goes on the back of my shop. uh, And it allows uh, those chickens to maybe not smell up my shop quite as much. But uh, with that comes a little bit of cold days uh, in September and October. uh, And so it allows them to get that heat that they need. And so I purchased nine heat lamps with that. Uh, as well as five electronic scales that we use to uh, measure the weights uh, as well as the feed that those animals are eating so that you can figure out the rate of gain and the feed efficiency from uh, those chickens. Uh, This is a great way to integrate integrate inquiry-based learning uh, as well into your classroom. Uh, I actually have my students do a full agri-science fair project on this, so all of them do it uh, on the same project, but uh, they can choose the hypothesis that they they want to, so they will actually look at the uh, nutrient analysis of the nine different feeds that we use within our research trials, uh, and then they determine which one they think will have the highest rate of gain and feed efficiency based on that uh typically i do anything from 16 percent protein to 28 percent protein uh, you do want to make sure that you have the same uh type of feed uh, and so um you know sometimes you can get pellets uh or kind of a powder or a crumble and so you want to make sure that it's all the same uh, so that you don't have uh, any of those extra variables that could be playing a role in the results and so i make sure that they're all crumble uh since we are feeding them to kind of younger chicks uh, it doesn't matter the brand. I actually use Kent, but that is just because uh, the grain elevator that is within Halston uh, is is actually um, it, it has Kent as one of its items uh, that you can purchase. Uh, but I've done Hubbard before, uh, and I've had uh, the the feed elevator actually grind up some feeds before as well. Uh, and so, it's really up to you uh, and kind of what resources you have available to you. As far as the data collection goes, uh, they will do, my students will do this for four weeks. Uh, and so they will uh, pick out their chickens uh, the first week uh, within these trials. Um, I usually let them on just a starter feed uh, for the first week so we don't manipulate their diet uh, and potentially have a, a high mortality rate. Um, but my students will pick which chickens they want. So it's kind of fun for them. They get to choose uh, the chickens that are within their their feed trials. And it becomes kind of a draft. You know, they're, they're choosing ones that they want uh, and and that they think are going to uh, be the healthiest. Uh, And so they will actually record the weights of their uh, chickens twice a week Uh, and so they will record that in their logbook um, and then they will also record how much feed they are giving their chickens every day Um, and so like i said i have nine different feeds so they'll they'll record how much they're feeding each day and then they also record how much is left over uh, so they can figure out feed efficiency uh, as well Uh, they are required to water the chickens they're required uh, to uh, clean their pens they're required to Look at qualitative data. So, is there anything noticeable that they're seeing within their chickens and their behavior? Uh, And so, it's a way for you to kind of integrate some of those different areas of the animal and plant science course into that curriculum as well. Uh, After those four weeks of collecting the data, they will actually uh, do a data analysis of the research project, so they'll determine which uh, type of feed was the highest rate of gain and the feed efficiency. Uh, Last year, uh, the control was actually the highest, which was uh, a 20% protein. Whereas uh, in years past, I've also had it where, you know, the turkey feeder, that's a 28% protein is the highest. So uh, it's not always the same. And then that opens up the conversation to, you know, replication. If we do this every year, uh, you'll be able to see over a a span of 10 years or uh, a higher, you know, replicability of this research trial, you'll be able to see uh, a little bit more valid data. Uh, and this is a way for our students to also do the agri-science fair. And so some of them will submit this uh, to state judging uh, after they have done uh, the rest of their research paper and done a conclusion on it uh, and to figure out if their hypothesis was actually correct. And so it's another way for you to get, yet again, uh, another area of agriculture education into your programming uh, and make it a little bit um, more seamless uh, with agri-science fair. Uh, one of the other things that I love about this program is it allows students to get SAEs. Uh, 100% of my students at Houston uh, have SAEs. Uh, some of them are really small, some of them are very large and proficiency worthy. Um, but uh, this allows each student to have an SAE uh, and to um, actually record that in our AET system. And so uh, each one of them will create a new experience in AET uh, for the research project, and we record the amount of hours and what they're learning throughout the project. Uh, and so the, each One of them will have a research SAE I'll also have a couple students that will be my research assistants uh, through this project, and their job is just to do all the behind the scenes things. So um, I'm very clear on when I leave on Friday, I don't like to come back uh, over the weekend if I don't have to. And so I have research assistants that will come in and feed the uh, chickens. Uh, each of the different variable groups will put a baggie together for Saturday and Sunday so they can record how much feed they're feeding them. Uh, and then the research assistant will come in and feed and water those chickens to make sure that they are all, um, you know, still alive, still healthy, uh, and that they all get fed. I then have uh, kind of a post-trial care manager uh, who will actually take the 40 chickens to their house, uh, and then we'll feed them uh, for the following three weeks after the trials are concluded uh, until they're ready to be butchered, and usually we just have this done at a local butcher shop, uh, I've also done it where we've actually butchered our own uh, and uh, it went well. Uh, I had a student's parent that does this a lot and does kind of broilers uh, of their own and sells sells meat locally. Um, but uh, for the last couple of years, we have brought it to a local uh, processor who focuses on uh, poultry products. Uh, and so uh, this allowed us to have a little bit more um, seamless uh, process throughout the process um, butchering of this animal. As far as the timeline goes for this, um, it takes most of the first quarter um, and we usually order our chickens the second week in August. uh, And I'll just do that through our local elevator. Uh, And then the students will do their uh, pre-research kind of the week uh, before Labor Day uh, and we'll start those trials the week after. So they'll do their uh, purpose, their hypothesis, their literature review all uh, in that first week uh, and then start their trial and be assigned which variable that they are doing. Uh, we'll finish that trial, uh, usually uh, after those four weeks are done, the first week in October, uh, and then they'll go to that second location uh, until about the third week in October, where they'll be brought uh, to Kings and Son poultry, where they'll be butchered. Um, and they'll process them as whole chickens, uh, and then we donate them to the Alpha Center, and we'll actually do some different programming at the Alpha Community Center in Sydney, which focuses on providing care uh, to kind of those uh, underserved, under um, individuals within our community that maybe need um, a hot meal. Uh, As far as the community service goes, um, we've done this in different ways. Uh, The first year we did it, we just donated the chickens to the Alpha Center, uh, but in years past we've also done whole programming at the Alpha Community Center, and so typically we do this around Christmas time, uh, and our students will come in, volunteer, help prepare the food, serve the food, uh, clean up afterwards, uh, interact with the uh, guests that are at the Alpha Community Center. Uh, We've also done different programming where they've made ornaments, uh, where they've done different things with with students uh, to teach them about agriculture and where their food comes from, Um, and so it's just a way for our students to, one, get community service uh, and really show support to those in our community uh, and be kind of a little bit empathetic of what others are going through. But it also is an ag literacy project where we're able to educate uh, those consumers about where their food comes from. And so they talk to them about, you know, we raised these 40 chickens from when they were chicks uh, and kind of talked about the whole process. So it was a way for them to connect consumers uh, to agriculture as well. Um, Like I said, this is an activity that I am really passionate about and one uh, that I think uh, kind of integrates a lot of different areas of agriculture education uh, into one uh, consolidated activity that allows me to have more time uh, to have students engaged and to have them connected in their local community, which is extremely important to me. Um, Like I said, thank you for joining my session at Germinate. I hope you have a great uh, rest of uh, conference. Uh, And if you want to reach out to me if you have questions, um, my email is dmcracken at hardenhouston.org. And my Instagram is Mr. D. McCracken. Um, You also find my takeaways uh, attached to my session as well, where you'll be able to uh, very seamlessly integrate this project into your program. Thanks for joining.